The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. But now let's turn to uh, the release today um, of Oscar Pistorius. I remember back in 2013, 2014, when I was on News Talk Breakfast with Chris Dunno, uh, it actually took up 15 minutes of every programme. People were gripped with it. Uh, just to remind you, on Valentine's Day 2013, uh, he heard a noise, he fired four shots through the shower and killed uh, his uh, uh, partner, uh, Reva, 29-year-old beautiful woman, Reva Steenkamp. Well, joining us now is Bernadette Wicks, reporter with Eyewitness News in Johannesburg. Uh, good morning, Bernadette. Good morning, Ivan. Good to be with you. You were a few hours ahead of us. Has he actually been released? We do understand that he has actually been released now. There were throngs of members of the media gathered outside Attridgeville Prison in Pretoria, where he's been detained most recently, and um, at his uncle's house, where it's understood he's going to stay once he's been released on parole. We didn't see anything happen, though, so we're not exactly sure how he actually left the prison. But this morning, we did receive a statement from our correctional services authorities confirming that he has, in fact, now been released on parole and is apparently at home. Yeah, that's the first significant point. He got a 13-year sentence when they do the revised charges, but he's only Mm. served 11. How does parole work in South Africa? Sure. Well, we must remember, we need to go back a a, a little bit. We must remember that initially he was convicted of a culpable homicide charge, which is similar to manslaughter and given five years behind bars. He He served about a year of that. Um, before he was released on parole. And just after he was released on parole for the first time, his original conviction was overturned and replaced with one of murder. And his sentence was then revisited and increased ultimately from the original five years to 13 years and five months. Now, the minimum prescribed sentence for murder in South Africa is 15 years behind bars, but the court did take into account the time he had served on the culpable homicide conviction and subtracted that from the 15 years and arrived at 13 years and five months. Now, in order to become eligible for parole in South Africa, unless you're sentenced to life, in which case the system is slightly different, you need to serve half of your sentence. So in Oscar's case, that's um, around, I think it's just under seven years. And he actually became eligible for parole um, in March of last year. But because of all the various appeals and because of the uh, sentences being changed and the convictions being changed, there was some confusion around when officially his sentence had actually begun. And so when he applied for for parole in March, uh, the sentencing court that handed down his final sentence actually issued a communique at the time saying he's not eligible yet. He'll only be eligible in August. He then took the matter to our highest court, which is the Constitutional Court in South Africa, and they essentially ruled that the Supreme Court of Appeal, which was the sentencing court, had been wrong in calculating um, his minimum detention period and that he had, in fact, been eligible in March of last year. So a new parole hearing was very quickly convened in November last year, and he was successful and is now being released. And the terms of those parole, um, mm. does he have to sign on every day? Does he have to, is his passport gone? What, what kind of restrictions are on his mm. daily life? Well, the parole board that granted him parole 
um, put in place a number of specific conditions, and those include that he will need to attend therapy and courses and programs around anger management and around gender-based violence. He also can't leave the magisterial district of Vartoklop, which is an area in Pretoria where his uncle lives and where we do understand he'll be staying during this period. But then there are also general parole conditions that will apply, um, and those include things like he'll have to be home during specific hours of the day, likely 7 o'clock at night until 7 7 o'clock in the morning. He's also not allowed to consume any alcohol. He's also not allowed to conduct any media interviews during this period. Um, staying with his uncle, is he estranged from other members of his family? Um, he's not estranged from, from uh, his family in general. Um, we did see support from his brother at trial, his brother Carl, uh, but he has always, as we've understood it, shared a very close relationship with his uncle. And his uncle really attended the trial throughout and did appear to be a very much a source of support for Oscar during that that period. Now, I remember during the uh, trial period, uh, the Steenkamp uh, family and, and Reva's mm. parents were very visible. They were there every day. And at various stages, when the crucial evidence of what happened on the night in question, the Valentine's night, they were they were in in, in very upset. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are are his parents still alive? And what are they saying? Her parents, I mean. Uh- Reva Stancomb's father, Barry Stancomb, did pass away a few months ago. Her mother, June Stancomb, is still alive. And we did receive a statement issued on behalf of June Stancomb this morning, essentially saying that Oscar Pistorius's release on parole actually affirms her faith in the justice system in South Africa. She says she's always understood that parole is a part of the justice system in South Africa and that her position has always been that the law must simply take its course. Um, what she does say, though, is that ultimately at the end of the day, no amount of time served will ever bring her daughter back. And the way she puts it is that she says those left behind in the wake of Reva's passing are still serving a life sentence. Which is entirely reasonable. Now, of course, you know, Oscar Pistorius was a national hero, a global sporting legend. He had, it was a double amputee of his legs and he was this famous blade runner who transitioned from being a Paralympian to being able to compete with 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 people who had you know full legs and mm. so on against international athletes and even though he didn't win at that level and so on, um, so his fall from grace uh, uh, was was one hundred percent. Where where do the public stand on? Do they feel that? 11, 13 years is, 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 is fair, you know, done the time mm. for the crime, or do they feel he got off lightly and that he could afford the best legal representation? Well, where's public opinion in South Africa mm. on him? And does it divide on racial lines? Well, public opinion is certainly divided to some degree, but I would say that the in the main, the sentiment is that he hasn't served enough time. Now, we must also put that in context and bear in mind that crime levels in South Africa are some of the highest in the world, and specifically crimes against women and children in South Africa, um, the levels are some of the worst in the world. So it is a very visceral, a very emotive uh, topic for most South Africans, and most South Africans feel very strongly about it. And of course, this was an, an international story um, because of the people involved, not just Oscar, but Reba as well, who was a who was an up-and-coming model at the time. Um, but 
even sort of more localized stories, you will see that the public gets very sort of emotional about it and that they do get very sort of angry. And there is the sentiment in South Africa that our criminal, despite what June Steenkamp has said in that statement, that she feels like her faith in the justice system has been affirmed. There is a sense in, amongst South Africans that our justice system is not harsh enough on criminals. And I think that a lot of people feel that's why our crime levels are in fact so high. When it comes to being divided along racial lines, um, there is a sentiment that uh, were this a person of color, that the law would have taken a much harsher approach to them amongst some quarters in society. Um, and that might pot potentially be a valid a valid approach to take. Um, of course, those tensions, even 30 years into our democracy, those racial tensions do still persist in South Africa. I always say the secret to redemption and public redemption is contrition. Now, we, we know we put up this defense he thought it was mm. a burglar and he maintained that defence, you know, and why would you, you know, pump four shots, you know, with heavy duty gunfire into it? Why would you not check? Is that you, Reva, or whatever? Um, has he ever shown any contrition? Um, well, he has, he's expressed regret. He himself got very emotional at the trial um, on multiple occasions. On one occasion, he even vomited during the trial just from becoming so overwhelmed with emotions. He cried quite often during proceedings. Um, he clearly felt emotional uh, about what had happened. But in terms of his version, he's never veered from that. He's always maintained that it was a pure mistake. Um, and as you say, that he did not realize it was Reba, that it was in the middle of the night that he woke up and kind of went into autopilot, not even putting on his prosthetic legs, um, according to Oscar, and just went into survival mode and fired these shots through the door and only realized it was Reba in the aftermath. He's never strayed from that version and he's always, always, always maintained it. And it's something that the Steenkamp family has taken issue with. They maintain that they do not believe his version of events. And for them, they feel as if they can't get closure um, until he is actually plays open cards and, according to them, reveals the truth of what actually happened that day. I was reading a column this morning, uh, Bernadette, uh, that said, you know, he'd be living in this luxurious property with walled mm. security around it, 10 million in Pretoria. But that actually he's under serious threat, that there's been a number of death threats, there's been uh, talk of being a target of vigilante retribution, and that, that there is quite a lot of gangs around, uh, you know, uh, Johannesburg and, and elsewhere. What, 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 mm. what, what, do you think he, he actually could be attacked? Um, I think because of the high-profile nature of his persona, of course that makes him a target, but we're not aware at this point of any current active threats, um, at least not any that have been pub publicized or, or made known to the public. Um, of course, there could, be, there could be threats that have been reported to the authorities that we might not have been made aware of. Um, but I really think that, as you say, he is going to be in a very sort of secure environment. Um, there's many of those kinds of estates around the country. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't foresee him being targeted um, myself, but it's always a possibility. And of course, because of his high profile nature and because he's so recognizable, um, he could potentially be a target. Uh, but I also do think that 
in all likelihood, he'll probably want to stay at home as much as possible because he knows that even if it's not sort of from a security point of view, that if he does leave the house, he is no doubt going to be hounded by, at the very least, the media. So I do think that during this period, he's probably going to try and keep a very, very low profile. Okay, my thanks to Bernadette Wicks, reporter with Eyewitness News in Johannesburg, confirming that he has actually left, uh, Oscar Pistorius has left prison, but he will have very restricted a lifestyle for the next couple of years in parole, living with his uncle in Pretoria. Thank you indeed for that. Now it's time to give away some more cash. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am. On News Talk.